Hello, everyone. I'm Ron Waxman with Spencer King, uh, another episode of The King and I. And we are discussing about vaccination and the reception and resistance to get the vaccine. So welcome, Spencer. Good, Ron. Glad to be here. So first of all, did, did you get the vaccine? Yeah, I got it right out of the box. I got it in December. First uh, time, second uh, one in January. So, so, so as I, and I was uh, stunned by the number of individuals that still resisting to get the vaccine. And this is not only lay person, this is also individuals who work in the hospital. So I don't know if this is the same thing that you see at Emory in Atlanta, that also a lot of healthcare professionals sort of resisting to get the vaccine. Well, we've given uh, 100,000 vaccines, Emory Healthcare. <laughs> Emory Healthcare has. In fact, I gave some of them. I volunteered. Right. Uh, patients said, oh, you're really good at this. You must do this all the time. I said, I haven't done it in 50 years. But uh, neither here nor there, I did it. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I've got some numbers. We, we had uh, recently, I got, I got a, a notice that <clears throat> Only 59% of Emory Healthcare, the whole, that's, you know, physicians, nurses, everything, everybody that administrates, everybody that works for Emory Healthcare, including uh, uh, janitorial, you know, anybody, 59% have had their vaccination, which which was a shock uh, to me that it was that low. So they're entering into all kinds of things now to try to get the rest of them done. But I'm curious as to why that is and whether it's really uh, a uh, re resistance or uh, opposition to vaccine, or it's a political, or it's uh, just inconvenience or hadn't gotten around to it, or uh, there, there's so many things that uh, could be influencing that. Uh, perhaps, and nobody talks about it, but perhaps some of the people who've had COVID uh, don't get vaccinated because they think they're uh, okay. So it must be a great, great many reasons, but I continue to be baffled by it. And, and we struggle with how to solve that. We've got a couple of things that are coming up. There's a, there's some walk-in clinics that are going on this weekend. Uh, the Braves the baseball game coming up is partnered with Emory Healthcare. And we're giving a, uh, Everybody that gets vaccinated at the ballpark at the baseball game uh, gets two free tickets to a subsequent game. So, and people are bribing people, $100 in West Virginia, a beer somewhere else, uh, all this kind of thing. And, and they've said a lot about the, the political thing that people say they refuse to get the vaccine based on uh, being uh, Trump uh, followers or something. And I say, well, that doesn't make sense. Trump got vaccinated. Maybe these are just like Trump. They say, I'll never get vaccinated. But of course, they are getting vaccinated because they've got good sense about that. So I don't know what the, I don't know what the solution is, but we need to get everybody vaccinated for sure. That, that actually went even in the uh, vice presidential debate, I think, when Kamala Harris says, I'm not going to get his vaccine. I mean, it's not his vaccine, but obviously she got the vaccine. But... Um, you know, it's interesting that the statistic that you gave me is almost identical to the master health system. A little bit more patients has been, or individual that been vaccinated by 120,000 something like that. 
and also around 60% has been vaccinated from the healthcare providers. So that means that still there, be, there is a big chunk. Now, initially, uh, we have not been vaccinated individuals that had the COVID, but right after a couple of weeks or maybe a month, it was open to everyone as long as they are one month post the COVID um, inoculation. So uh, it is interesting. Now, one thing that I would say that there are some side effects. So, and that's interesting. There are not people talking much about it. I happen to have one in my family, my dad who had the vaccine in Israel, he had a facialis and sure enough, it went away after five days. And then I got like interested and did some more literature research and I found the numbers are very small, but, and, and you know, and, and in all honesty or frankly, uh, the studies were not pretty robust in terms of follow-up of all the adverse events when this was used, I mean, when this was approved. I mean, it is under the emergency uh, authorization rules. I mean, it's not like, I mean, now Pfizer is applying for a general approval. But uh, what would you say to those who says, look, I know a friend of mine or someone who got some side effects and there are some Guillain Barre. I'm not going to list all of them because that's not the point. The point is that there are some people who definitely have a fear and I have individuals <coughs> I'm like, okay, I'm trying to talk to them to get the vaccine. And it says, look, I have some uh, immunological disorder, autoimmune disease. I don't know that's how that's going to work for that. And I frankly, I cannot be responsible to tell me, hey, you're never going to get anything out of this. So what, what would you do to convince those individuals that do have a fear to get the vaccine? Well, you may not be able to convince somebody that has a, a strong argument like that. They may be dead set against it. But of course, what I would tell them is, what, you know, what are the what are the odds? You know, we just <clears throat> we just had the Kentucky Derby, and you know, you can bet on the ones that are <clears throat> five to two or five to one, or you can bet on the ones that are fifty to one. <clears throat> and uh, betting on uh, uh, the 50 to one horse that you're not going to get the disease and you're going to be fine is, is kind of foolish. I, I think we've got a, I, I don't know how many people are like that, how many are like that or just, some, some say, well, I just uh, want to see how it goes, uh, you know, whatnot. Uh, yes, I've heard somebody had side effects, but the side effects they've had if, if you know, not been uh, long lasting. And I think the people ha have a choice. I, I tell them, you, you got a choice. You, you, sooner or later, uh, you, you're either going to get vaccinated or you're going to get the disease. Yeah. And you make the choice. Um, and um, I think we've, we've got, uh, we've got to double down on our efforts to, to make it available to everybody. Uh, you know, there's the other idea about making it mandatory, which I don't find, for certain circumstances, a big problem. I can't, I, I can't work in the hospital unless I get my uh, PPD done. I got to check my uh, tuberculosis status. Um, I've got to get my flu shot, or I can't come to work. Now, mandatory. Yeah. The flu, uh, the flu is, <clears throat> flu is almost non-existent this year. But I have to have a flu shot. Well, how come I don't have to have a uh, COVID shot to come to work? 
uh, if I, my kids, uh, my grandkids go to school, uh, they have to have their vaccination for measles, not COVID. So I don't find it uh, intrusive to say we've got a disease, we've got a vaccine, it's, uh, it's uh, proved to be safe uh, for a disease that we actually have, uh, not one that we've almost uh, eradicated. And... Uh, require it. So this is going to be an interesting question when, when they make it available for all children. What are we going to do about schools? Yeah, so one thing that the uh, Pfizer, which probably will get the full uh, uh, regulatory approval, then as long as emergency use cannot, cannot be enforced on everyone. I know that some military folks used to get it and some other groups, but once once it's uh, approved by FDA, which is safety and efficacy or the risk benefit and all of the above consideration, then I think there is a, definitely um, a, a way that you can force it on everyone. Uh, and the question is, okay, you're still gonna have people that would resist and for whatever is the reason. So they either get a waiver for a medical reason or for other reason that we don't know. I, I think we cannot force everyone. And then there is this thought, and I can tell you it's happening now in Israel, which vaccinated over 60% of their population. And, you know, coming back from there, I can tell you there was no feel that anymore, the COVID is not there anymore. I mean, the entire country, which is over 9 million, had less than 100 people uh, hospitalized uh, with some serious conditions. So that's really small. And the infection rate is uh, less than 0.2 and number of infected per day is like 60. So it's it's really like almost non-existing. But what they did is they <coughs> a passport, the green passport. So if I wanna go to the community center, to the swimming pool, or if I want to get to the airport, I cannot enter to the airport unless I show a vaccination card, like the same that we have. They made it more pretty. It's called the green passport. But uh, but that's another motivation. And also restaurants. Like if you want to go inside the restaurant or to a stadium to watch a soccer game, then you have to show that passport. Do you see that this something like that can be done here? Uh, I would hope so. But how, how do they do that? It, it, it's not uh, fully approved. Uh, it's still provisionally approved in, in Israel, yet they still could do that. I, I, th I think that has been tremendously effective, and I think the public health measures they put in with that as well. If we had only 60% in the U.S. vaccinated, I predict we would not have as good outcome as Israel because we have other behaviors that are probably uh, perpetuated. The tragedy is, while we're trying to convince people and, and being overly cautious, in my view, about requiring it. We've got India. We've got people begging. We've got Brazil. We've got people dying in droves. Uh, it's, 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 quite, it's quite astonishing. And we're, uh, we're turning away uh, vaccines. So, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, there's some things you have to do. When I, I grew up... Uh, World War II was still going on. I've still got some old ration stamps uh, that I had. I have things that you had to take uh, to get a 
five pounds of sugar, you had to take the thing to get a toothpaste. You had to take the old toothpaste tube and turn it in to get a new one. You know, emergencies require, you know, you to do things. And it's not like you're violating the Constitution to require some common sense public health measures. So uh, I'm, I'm a bit of a, a miffed by the, uh, the idea that uh, that individual uh, uh, liberties don't mean uh, freedom to to harm other people, and that's what that's what we've been in in this uh, pandemic. Yeah, so that's uh, very important because everybody looking for the liberty, but uh, again, as long as you not harm your neighbors, and and that's I think it's a very fine line how you can make things mandatory or not mandatory. But again, um, luckily. I would say, luckily, not everybody has to be vaccinated because there's still that herd immunity. And we know that this is true even with children. Now, here and there, you have breakout of measles because there are pockets that people would resist and somehow it's getting to the country. But, but I think the herd immunity also can help a little bit to mitigate. Um, but again, it's not like everybody giving their same share in the contribution to healthcare. And, and I think that's part needs to be, it's a question of culture, I think, more than anything else. Yeah, I, I want someday to ask the, uh, the real experts uh, who've been doing this from the outset. When we went, there the, are the public health things that weren't, weren't communicated very good to the public. Uh, this whole concept of mitigation versus uh, elimination or eradication or any of these things, I read a piece recently the, looking at five countries that aimed at eradicating it in their country or, or control, you know, trying to wipe it out as opposed to ones that said, okay, we give up on that. We'll just try to mitigate the impact so that the hospitals won't be overrun as we did in the U.S. And those five countries, uh, I think, were... Uh, uh, South Korea, uh, Australia, Australia, New Zealand, maybe Israel, I, I, our, uh, Iceland, so on. And there, you know, they were successful and knocked it down. Mo most of those are islands. <laughs> but uh, uh, whereas just giving up, the, the mitigation idea, when we only had a few cases, we said right off, well, it's impossible. All we got to do, we got to just flatten the curve. Everybody's going to get it, but we just want to get it over a long period of time. Well, I mean, that was helpful. I mean, it was helpful that a lot of people who got it, who, who were going to get it eventually, didn't get it until the vaccine came along. But we didn't know in the beginning there was going to be a vaccine. We didn't know over a year ago that the vaccine was actually going to happen. So. I, I wondered about this idea that, you know, a serious public health uh, initiative uh, wouldn't have been the approach right from the outset. Yeah, well said. I, I think that's, uh, that's the time because it could be a serious issue if we're not going to continue to vaccinate. And, you know, we may need all to get another booster a year after or another shot, like the same yeah. way with the flu. We just don't know that. Uh, just maybe a kind of a quick question. So how did the vaccine change your day-to-day -day life? I remember that uh, early on when we talked, you were almost like lock yourself in home. You were 
masks. I mean, it was very, very restricted to everything. I mean, so, so are you still wearing masks when you go outside now? No, I'm not wearing a mask when I go outside. And I played golf yesterday and I did wear a mask. Uh, and I'm in my house today simply because uh, uh, I just got back from the hospital and, and I didn't. I'm only over there part of the day anyway. So, uh, no, I, I think it's limited me up a lot, but it's only recently. Uh, I'll tell you the truth. When it was raging, I was uh, still in a mask. And, and if I go in a, 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 any place uh, indoors, I wear a mask for sure. And, and uh, when I'm around people, I ask them, I want to know, are you vaccinated? I had a family gathering. We had about 15 people. And every, you know, everybody there ask everybody else, you know, when were you vaccinated? Are you vaccinated? When were you vaccinated? Blah, blah, blah. So, yes, still yeah. cautious because it could, uh, th these lessons are not only helpful for whether we break through, whether we develop a strain that's resistant, but, but the next epidemic we get, we got to, we got to take these lessons in because we'll get another one. There will be another one. So that was a great way to end this segment. Uh, how you got your liberty by getting vaccination. You basically liberate yourself from the mask outside and going playing golf and gather together with the family. So I hope everybody hears you. That's the way to liberation. Get the vaccine. You bet. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Ron.